Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, before we get started with the episode, I just want to let you know that Talking Metal will be on MTV2 tomorrow night between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. The show is our old favorite Headbangers Ball. It still exists. It's hostless. No Ricky Rackman. No Jamie Josta. It's a hostless uh, version of Headbangers Ball that's been airing for a while now. And they are sprinkling in some clips of John and I talking with Alan Flores, the Guitar Hero King designer. He designed Guitar Hero Metallica. There's a couple exclusive little bits in there that you may not have heard on the footage that already aired on the Headbangers blog um, of him talking about actually the Kill 'Em All tape masters and stuff like that. Some cool stuff. So tune in to Headbangers Ball Saturday at 2 a.m. for Talking Metal and Guitar Hero Metallica on MTV2. Enjoy the show. Today's guests are Duff McKagan and Dan Lorenzo. I am Dan Lorenzo from the Cursed Hades Nonfiction and Who Knows What Else, and I love the show Talking Metal, which is what you are listening to right now. Hey, this is Duff McKagan with Loaded, Velvet Revolver, and Guns N' Roses, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. John here. I'm with Mark. We are at El Centro, 54th Street, 9th Avenue, New York City. Hey, Mark. We are drinking mojitos. It's a little cold for mojitos, but uh, toast, yeah. Talking Metal Toast. I'll take the mic. Cool, thanks. Uh, yeah, a little cold for mojitos today, but, you know, they're warming me up, actually. They're warming me up. Anyways, we have a jam-packed show today. A lot of great music, a lot of great interviews. Duff, Dan, both on the podcast. Let's get into some music right now. This is Deep Purple off the Pod Safe Music Network. Girls like that. Yeah. 
That was Girls Like That in full right here on Talking Metal, coming to you from the Podsafe Music Network. So, Mark, we have a, a killer show. Two great guests, Duff McKagan of Velvet Revolver, of Loaded, formerly of Guns N' Roses. He's on to talk about Loaded, and we have Dan Lorenzo, our good friend, part of the Talking Metal family. Tell us about the interviews you did. Well, the Duff interview happened only about a week ago. Now, his album is now out. It's uh, the band Loaded, Duff's band Loaded, and they have a great new record out called Sick. You can get it now on iTunes. Go buy that. Use the links and the show notes uh, at TalkingMetal.com. You know how to do that. Open up your iTunes, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, go um, support Duff. Buy this new album, Sick. Duff and I spoke about everything from Velvet Revolver to uh, The Economy to uh, Slash's book. It's all right here for you guys. Let's check it out, get into a little music, and then come back, and John and I will talk some more metal with you guys. This is a little sound sample of Velvet Revolver, Set Me Free, followed by Duff McKagan on Talking Metal. with us we have duff from velvet revolver guns and roses and of course loaded now duff everybody knows your work with guns and roses and velvet revolver but today we want to talk about loaded tell us what loaded is and uh tell us about the new record which is coming out april 7th um well what yeah what is loaded uh back in um about 1998 when i moved back home to seattle from la and uh with the focus on going school and getting a finance degree right um you know i couldn't just stop playing music and uh, and i and I, I i met a guy here in seattle uh, jeff redding the drummer i saw him play with green apple quick step and like what a killer drummer you know and, and we started hanging out and, and jamming and then met mike squires and, and jeff rouse and kind of filled out a band and we started just writing songs and not a big deal you know uh, then we just were writing songs and, and um, playing gigs here and there. Uh, and at w- one point, we had enough songs to, to make a record, and we went into uh, Jupiter Studios here in uh, Seattle in about 2000. Okay. And just started sort of laying tracks down. Uh, that that eventually became our first record called Dark Days. And because I was going to business school, I did did my own licensing deal to EMI in Japan, just kind of practicing my school. So it was really uh, do-it-yourself, uh, do-it-yourself on steroids because I was going to a, a business school. So you were going to school during the day and then, like, jamming and stuff at night? And full-time school, you know. Wow. Um, anybody who's gone had a full load of, of classes. So, and it was, you know, uh, Seattle used a – every school is tough. I don't, I don't care. But Seattle, Seattle used is uh, – you have to have, I think uh, – you're coming out of high school or something. You have to have like three six or three five to get into that school. So it's pretty. It's really really tough and full load. Raising kids at the, at that time, little 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 kids, right? Little babies. And yeah. So um, yeah, I, my hands are full, but it was it was really really great experience. I learned a lot. I was, you know, getting used to my life as a sober and like becoming an adult. Mm-hmm. Finally, in my thirties, I was becoming an adult, and. Uh, and the band really started to gel. We would go over to Japan on my spring break, and we'd play, play, we'd tour. And the band kind of became a, a thing. And, and, you know, as they say, we're big in Japan. Yeah, definitely. Um, so all of a sudden, 
VR, you know, Matt and Splash and I played that gig, that, that infamous gig. Uh, right, uh, the benefit when for Randy for Randy. Died. Yeah, and that came out of nowhere. Um, we're still going to Seattle U when that happened. Uh, that gig was so powerful. The three of us playing together and and, and just this thing for Randy. The, you know, it seems like some stars aligned for that thing to happen, and I realized it then. And, I kind of just, you know, with music, I let things sort of dictate. Uh, let music and the feeling of, of whatever's going on dictate what I'm going to do with my life, really. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that really, I fell into the, that thing in VR sort of happened, and, and for a good reason. You know, we we kicked some butt, and I think we did something for rock that needed to happen in 2004. Um, uh and we made you know another. We made a couple great records. Definitely had our had our time with Scott and great uh, last half full for me. You know it ended a, a bit tough. Learned some things. I definitely learned some things, and that's what life's about. But at the end of that tour last uh, last spring, um, the you know loaded. We knew we were always going to make a second record. Mm-hmm. We and loaded was still during this whole VR time. We would still play a couple times a year. Oh, cool. Usually, always for a benefit or something. And um, but last spring, I, I was getting a little exhausted with dealing with the whole Scott, the whole drama. The whole, it was it was really exhausting. Last year was pretty tough for me. Um, you know, from the outside, it might appear one thing, but. You know, from the inside, it's just, I don't know, I guess I just, drama yeah. in, in a band, I don't need anymore. And when you go I, and do the loaded stuff, it, it almost, I mean, from watching some of this stuff on YouTube, you guys recording and stuff, it almost seems like you're legitimately having just a great time, and I, I don't sense that there's that big pressure that you might get with a big no. band like Velvet Revolver. Uh, yeah. No, there's none of that, and it's always, the thing is, I think we just, we, we get it. We get the humor in life, and uh, you know I don't know what that is with this band. This band is really... We got together to start writing songs for this record last summer. You know, a bunch of us had different things, and the, and the, the title track, Sick, had been written back in 2002. Uh, some of the songs we'd, we'd been playing live, like I said, we've been playing a couple times a year during this, the whole VR time. Um so we had been writing music when we when we fell into making this record last summer. It was such a relief, and the the humor aspect, and just sort of the I don't know. Uh, we're just, we're fellas. I don't know how you really put that into words, but we're we're fellas, you know. And cool. It's not a it's not a drag, and there's um, no outside pressures really. There's a lot of great songs on this new record, Sick, which comes out April 7th. Uh, one of my favorites, Forgive Me, has a, a killer lead uh, by Mike. That, uh, didn't it? Yeah, oh, it's a finally great somebody lead. said it. Yes, that's my favorite solo. Yeah, a lot of good guitar stuff on this whole record. I, and I'm assuming Mike's doing most of the, like, the, the lead notes and stuff, and you're doing more of the rhythm? Yeah, he's definitely the lead player. I don't play one solo, and I don't think. Maybe look, I could play a couple of little riff things. And you guys do songwriting together on this, or is it more individual? Yeah, we do. Uh, um, let's see. I can really, Wasted Heart was something I wrote on my own, and, and, um, and Forgive Me. Uh, and, uh, I L U wrote with Mike and then the band, and uh, I See Through You was a band. Mostly they're band-written things. Right. We'll lay into some riffs. You know, there's some really bizarre things in that, like in the slide, the chorus in the slide. Yeah. If you listen to that chorus, it's really, we have really bizarre sort of things, but they work into these really hooky melodies somehow. Um, there's great that. hooks on the record. Great Isn't hooks. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Real good. So what about Mother's Day? I mean, that sounds, that's emotionally pretty heavy. I was I was listening to that. Great song, by the way. Well, what thing? What's that um, about? It's, you know, I kind of, uh, uh, Rouse and I, for the, we were in a rehearsal room before the guys came in, and uh, one day, and we there was two basses there, and we, we both started playing bass together, just kind of riffing. When when there were two bass players, just got to jam. Never, 
right. in my experience, anyhow. And uh, we, we started playing, with, and uh, that, that that riff came out. And that the working title was originally two bases. Um, so we went in and, and cut it, and I and I started. I I had the melody, and I just you know was humming it. And I said, it reminded me of some friends of mine who who died. Okay. Heroin overdoses. There's three 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 guys that come to mind. It came that that melody uh, brought to mind. And so instead of writing about those guys right on the nose, somehow that Monday started Tuesday, and it seemed like a female. And I, I just put the three stories and of my friends kind of put them together, made it about a a, a mother who got addicted to you know crack and she had had a baby. And the mother died, and you know, I, it just kind of the song wrote itself. Cool, yeah, great song. A lot of great songs on this record. The record is sick. Duff, Duff McKagan's "Loaded" is the band. We encourage everybody to check it out. Now, I guess there's going to be um, a limited edition DVD that's going to be available with some uh, some of the uh, the sick albums. Can you talk about the DVD? What is it? Um, well, we we toured. We put on an EP last. Um, September, and uh, and we after we we got in, we were recording this record last summer, and of course we just wanted to go tour. Uh, we work quick and and you know we, we record a song, we're ready to go. We record five songs, we're ready to go tour. So uh, we put out an EP and uh, really came out in the UK. We we wanted to tour in Europe and the UK. So we put this EP out and booked some gigs and went and played. We wanted some exposure over there. It's easier to go tour the UK, plan something, and go do it in two weeks than it is to go in the U.S. And okay. Plan a huge thing, and then you got a such huge long distances in the in the U.S. to cover. UK, the your longest drive is a hundred miles. You know, mm-hmm. so um, that gig is uh, the DVD is recorded in Glasgow last September, and great great uh, great crowd. Glasgow is one of those places. If you're a rock band and, and they like you, Glasgow, you're gonna have a great time. I mean, I knew that from previous times playing in Glasgow, and I, I uh, asked the requester with the record company to, to film the show there because I, I just knew we'd have a good reaction, and it was great. Cool, cool. Now, are you guys gonna be doing any live stuff to promote the record? Are we going to tour? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, excellent. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, um, we, we start, I don't know when, when this comes out, when people are going to listen to this, but we, we're playing a record release here in Seattle. We're going to play the grand opening of the, the revamped Crocodile, which Sean Kenny and Susan Silver, Sean from Alpha Chain. Sure. Uh, they, uh, they sort of revamped the, the Crocodile, which is the famous, club here in Seattle that uh, closed down suddenly a couple of years ago uh, and sat vacant. And so we're playing the grand opening next week. Oh, excellent. Release. Speaking of uh, Alice in Chains, I guess they um, are doing a new record and I know your uh, buddy with your buddies with those guys. Any inside info on what we're um, going to get from them? Well, to me, it's, I mean, I've heard it. I've heard oh, it. Oh, really? It's about done. It's the, I'll just come out and say it's the best record of this decade. Really? Oh, yeah, by far. Wow. By far. But anything I've heard. And and I'm, I'm, there's been some good records. Yeah, definitely. Um, but this, this blows everything away. Really? I mean, out of the water. Wow. It's like, oh, yeah, this is what it's all about. I, uh, I forgot. Wow, very cool. And after you wrap up the Loaded stuff and you guys oh, do... So anyhow, yeah, Loaded's going to tour in the States and Europe. We're playing Donnie, uh, Download and you know, the Rock and Rings and Rock Park. Oh, we're excellent. Going, we're going in. Excellent, cool. We yeah. look forward to checking you out when you come through New York, for sure. Yeah. And what's the status of Velvet Revolver? There was a lot of stuff in the press that you guys were looking for a new singer and even one thing said you found a new singer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's... We've listened to a lot of guys for sure. Um, you know, I mean, there's been some guys. The, the, the thing is, all four of us got to agree. You know, right. got to be. And 
I, and I get it. We've got to be 100% behind it. There's been a couple guys that, for me, I'm like, no, that guy's amazing. Let's go with that guy. Um, but we got to, you know, everybody's got to agree. So, haven't, you know, I guess everything kind of happens for a reason. We'll find the right guy when the right guy appears. And um, it, it's, I guess it's just giving me a great opening to expose Loaded as, as much as possible. Sure. Um, so there's no one specific at this point for Velvet. No, no, no. Right. Cool. No. We, we've listened to a time. We've played with, with a few. Um, I mean, we are seriously looking for a guy, but the guy's got to be great. Can't just be good. Right. Cool. Yeah. But there will definitely be, at some point, a third Velvet Revolver record. Yeah. I don't. DR is not... What... You know, this is no uh, flag to Scott or at all. It's not meant to come out any other way than we just don't think we've made our best record yet. Right. And the band just started to start breathing, and we ran into problems. We ran into um, so yeah, it's got. We you know we'll we'll find a guy. We can't we can't end just like that. That's not how we roll. You know. Right. I you know Slash and Matt and I and, and now Dave. You know. What we do is we, uh, when the chips are down or again stacked against you or whatever, that's when we start to really perform. You know? Right. No, that's, cool. Well, that's when you know when people are going, oh, they'll never come out of this thing. You know, Scott was. That's when, you know, we've been through this before. Yeah, totally. Now, there's been so many books written about Guns and Roses, and even, even Slash, as you know, has had his book out. Would you ever consider writing a book and telling your side of things? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not a tell-all type of guy. Slash's right. book was amusing to me. It was uh, it was funny because the thing is, he and I, neither of us remember exactly what went down. We were so out of our mind. Right. It was his recollection or what he put together by asking people. That, that's his, and it's interesting to see what he was thinking because Slash and I just we never talked to each other. We talked to our, musically to each other. Yeah, we don't we don't ever talk about like hey, remember that time, man, and I, you know, because you know what, we both don't re- really remember what happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's for for real. Yeah. So um, his book was great though. It was fun to read. Um. Uh, you know, I write a couple. I I write two articles, one for the Seattle Weekly and one for Playboy every week, and so I do write a ton. Yeah. Um, I think that the book that I could write would be like about especially about. 90, 91 through 93 mm-hmm. would be all the shit I don't remember. That would be the title. And yeah. it would be me interviewing people, you know, that I toured with, like Soundgarden guys. I've heard some amazing stories about myself yeah. that I just don't remember. And uh, I think uh, I'd like to write a book. I'd like to write it myself and just get a good editor at some point. But I don't think it would be like the tell-all, like, Oh yeah, and then Axel did that. And this, you know, I, I don't. That's just not how I roll. Right. Um, but I think I could write a funny book that that I, that I enjoy writing. That wouldn't be sort of. There's some things that should just remain private. No, I agree. I agree. Forever. Totally. Now and you know the media. Book, isn't there some book that came out recently? A Guns N' Roses book. Somebody, I I think I signed it. Like, what the, heck? Uh, the guy I forget his name it's like I think it's Stephen Davis or Stephen Davis the guy who did uh, Hammer of the Gods put a put a book out um, but in, on, on what authority yeah I haven't read did, it I don't know or did, or did you just put kind of put out like did yeah. you just kind of com- compile magazine articles I stuff? guess so I, I don't know I, I it sounds yeah, like he didn't great. talk to you huh yeah right no 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 he didn't talk <laughs> I, I I looked at the book and went, "What the hell is this?" And I started looking through it. I was leaping through it a little bit. And I, oh no, it's one of these books. Yeah, yeah, tabloid. The media is always for for both Axel and 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 Scott. They've kind of made them both out to be two guys who are are very hard to work with. And I wanted to ask you, as somebody who you know you've worked with both of them, is that a true portrayal of both of those guys? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really here to talk about that. Right. I've been asked that about a thousand times. And uh, uh, 
you know, well, our next question? Yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. You have a degree in finance, that's correct? Um, I, I'm one quarter short of my degree, but, but oh. I might as well. I think Seattle, you should just give it to me at this point. Yeah. yeah I've, talked, I've, I've pimped that university so much that I think I'm in Seattle. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll drive up there today. Well, the dean's office and go, hey, come on. Yeah, there you go. Well, as a financial expert, wh- when do you think this economy is going to turn around? Man, d- did you watch Obama this morning? I did not see him this morning, no. Do you know what happened? Well, I heard about he asked the the CEO of General Motors to resign, Step, right? Yeah, yeah, and then this morning he said, okay. He did a press conference said, uh, here's the real story. GM? No, people are not going to be getting their jobs back. Uh, Chrysler, them either. Really? Here's the real story. It's it's going to get a lot worse or get better at, at those two companies. They really screwed up, and we're the government's going to come in. We're going to we're going to uh, get involved. That guy's gone. The CEO's gone. Uh, he really screwed this this company up. And so the reality of what he said today, and you know, it Wall Street didn't like what he. They're, they're freaking out, like, oh, no, you know, Wall Street went down. But they, they just react. Right. You know, the thing is, what we've forgotten in the last, especially 15 years, and more so in the last 10, right. is that investing is a long-term thing. And it should be for your retirement. Um, and we all wanted to day trade, and we all wanted things to happen now, and we all were watching the Kramer guy on, you know. Yeah, yeah, Jim Kramer. Yeah. You know, that's not what investing is about. We all wanted to buy a house and, and then refi in two years and refi another two years. And um, and your house isn't your personal bank, man. Your house is your home. And we were all taking seconds out on our house. And so we could buy flat screens and jet skis and craft. We are using our houses as our, as our personal bank. And we were... Tr- Buying, we were day trading. We all were experts on stock picking when none of us really knew what a common stock actually meant. Um, we, you know, investment should be a long-term thing. You know, if you buy some stocks, it should be something you hold on to and watch for growth. Mm-hmm. And your house is your home. If you're got enough to buy a house, you put you down on a house and get a good loan. And have a good enough job and stuff to get a good loan, and uh, you should get your credit back to a good place and get that good long-term loan. If your credit sucks, you're going to get a shitty loan. So why don't you work on your credit? You can fix your credit, right? You know, um, so th- that's what I think. This the whole thing is going to force us all to remember. It's going to force us to remember. Oh crap, we kind of got out of hand here. Yeah. Um, let's get back to what we did. Um, um, it, it, but I think when Clinton came into office, and we were all still like, "Okay, good, we that, that let's make this this economy recover." And Clinton did an amazing job. And all of a sudden, we were all prosperous, and we got a little. In in the um, this for you, you talking about? Talking no, no, about no, no, no. It's all, all very interesting. Um, but the thing that happened in the Clinton when Clinton was president was he, he a mistake in my eye, right? In my viewpoint, is that they relaxed. The um, restrictions on on what you had to do to require to get a loan for a, for a mortgage for a mortgage, right? Yeah. So people who maybe shouldn't have been getting loans well, were getting and loans. And that's fine. The people, maybe, but what happened was, and this is the capitalistic way, where companies went, aha, we can go after these people, right? And we can sell these loans to them, sell them, and those predatory loan practices came in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying people shouldn't get loans. I'm just saying the, the predatory lenders, they knew how to go. You know, these are people like old, old ladies and stuff they'd be calling and who are living on a pension. Right, right. You can get a buyout. You can do it now. You know, what? And they'd call them 20 times. And finally, the old lady would go, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you so, can't point. But, but do, is it going to recover? Yeah. Yeah. It's recover. Absolutely. What would you predict? Like how long do you think until it recovers? Excuse me, Mark. We need to wrap up. Oh, in yeah, you bet. Okay? You bet. Thanks. Um, all right. Well, well, recover to where we were at. If you're talking about the Dow getting back up to 14,000. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, years probably. It's, it's, you know, because it, that was a fake, that was a bubble. It won't get back there until the, the solid stocks get, you know, gets back up there in a solid fashion. That'll probably take a few, couple of years. Cool. A few, few years. Duff, few years. thank uh, you so uh, much for joining us on Talking okay, cool. Metal. If we could get a quick ID from you before we let you go, just your name yep. and, and your yeah, listening you to it. Talking Metal. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're ready. Got it. Hey, this is Duff McKagan with Loaded, Velvet Revolver, and Guns N' Roses, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Duff, thank you. Have a great day. Cool, man. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hello? Hello. Hello. Thanks. Thanks. Duff McKagan. Mark, what a great interview. I have always been a fan of Duff's. We saw Duff back at Webster Hall a long time ago. Ace was there. He invited us, actually, to the show. I remember Ace's manager ordered us some drinks, and I had a 7 and 7. I, I don't know what you had, but it's so weird that I remember the drink I ordered that day. Yeah, that was back when Duff was touring in support of 
Believe in Me, which was an album that came out in 1993. And it featured, I think, Slash on one or two tracks. Now, Slash was there that night at Webster Hall. We were guests of Ace Fraley. It was a very cool night. Got ushered right in. Uh, Slash went up on stage. They jammed some Guns tunes. Uh, that is Duff and Slash. Uh, and just a great, great night. And Duff is still out there rocking. This, this guy, Duff, he stays so busy. He's doing, he did Guns N' Roses, but yet he was doing solo stuff. He did Velvet Revolver. He's doing loaded stuff on the side. And then he's in school studying, uh, you know, finance and stuff like that. It's, it's absolutely insane. A real talented guy, obviously a very hard worker. No doubt about it. And uh, I've seen him even before this current big recession or whatever we're in. I've seen him on financial shows on financial news networks talking about finance. And uh, I don't think he was promoting anything at the time, but he was out there just because people want to hear what he has to say about finance. And I think that is very, very cool for a heavy metal star. Definitely. Now, one thing I wanted to mention is there's all sorts of interviews with Duff right now where he actually is saying that Velvet Revolver has found the new singer. Uh, Now, those interviews, guys, that you're hearing right now, some probably the same day you're hearing this uh, interview, are old. Our interview is rather recent. It's only about a week old. And you got the exclusive from Duff there that they did not find their singer yet. They are still searching. Slash just a few days ago put something out. I think it was actually Slash's wife, one of those two, put something out saying that Velvet Revolver has indeed not found their singer. Now, the only thing I can think of is that three months ago when he recorded some of these interviews that you're currently seeing and that are being billed as new interviews is that maybe they had a singer at that point and uh, it fell through. The guy might have not worked out and now they're back to looking for singers. That is one possibility. The second possibility is they do have a singer and they're just telling people they don't have a singer because they don't want to talk about it and they're sick of getting questions about it. I don't know. What do you think, John? I think it's a good question, and I'll tell you, it's probably 50-50 chance either way. Um, I hope they have a singer, and I'm curious to see who it would be if they have one. I've seen, like, stories where they've sent, like, basically instrumental new Velvet Revolver tunes to singers and said, write your own lyrics, sing on them, sing over them, and then send it back to us. Uh, Some of that stuff was posted online, and... You know, if they get somebody that's really cool, that's unknown, but is good, that's that's a cool thing. But I'm kind of hoping they get somebody that maybe we've known, but that we all love and respect. I don't know. What do you think? I think they probably don't have their singer, but I think they probably had a guy they, they felt confident about. And, I mean, Matt Sorum was out there saying they had somebody. Duff was out there saying they had somebody. And now suddenly, just last week, Slash... And Duff, as you, as you heard in the interview, are saying they don't have their singer. So I, I think maybe something fell through and it didn't work out. <clears throat> Let's get to some letters here. Hey, guys. First off, let me tell you that I'm very, very late to the party. For some reason, I never got around to investigating podcasts despite being quite net literate. I finally decided to start looking into them, and just last week I discovered Talking Metal. I dig it, uh, and it really kicks ass. I write, a f- I write for a few guitar magazines here in Australia, and I also run my own guitar-related blog, iheartguitar.blogspot.com, which tends to have a lot of metal content. Check it out sometime. I just uh, added your link to my site and blah, 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 guitar elements of uh, Steve Vai, Dave. Mustaine, Joe Satriani, Nuno, Nuno Betancourt, and Zach Wild. Hope you dig it. Play it loud. Uh, Peter, Peter, thanks for the email. We will link your iheartguitar.blogspot.com through today's show notes. Guys, check that out. And uh, Peter's MySpace is myspace.com slash peterhodgson.com. Cool. Thanks for checking in with us, Peter. We appreciate it. John, I think you got a letter there, right? Hey, this one's from our good friend Anna from the Talking Metal Forums. It says, hey, Mark and John, it's been a while, so I thought I'd email you guys. Just downloading one of the latest episodes. Things have been crazy with school starting back here. Speaking of school, I'd like to inform you that both of you have the privilege of appearing on the cover of my maths book. 
I'm horrible at math, so it gives me motivation to do something. And when people ask me, who are those guys, I tell them who you are and what you stand for, and they all seem to think of it as pretty cool. Well, hey, I think that's cool. What do you think, Mark? I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Insane. I love it. It says, stuff on the forums is great. Thanks to Premonition, some members have now formed a band over the Internet. The name escapes me at the moment, but I know it was good. There are a lot of talented people, musicians on the forums. I read on one of the threads that you may be doing an interview with Duff McKagan. That would be amazing as he hasn't put out any form of biography yet, and it will shed light on the whole GNR story from another perspective. Shout-outs to... Shout-outs to you both and all the people I may owe shout-outs to, to name a few. Shadow, my best friend, and something, my buddy at school. Thanks for keeping me in the know of the metal world. You rock XX, which stands for Kiss Kiss Anna. Thanks, Anna. You rock. We think you rock. I love those things you did for us at Christmas and those drawings you and your friend did. And uh, you are, like, one of the coolest people on the forums, no doubt about it. Thanks for putting us on your math book. You rock. I'd love to see your math book, if you can post that in the forums, by the way. Guys, TalkingMetalForums.com is the address where we talk metal all day long, all night long. Talking Metal Forums run by Exciter, Shotaholic, Z-Man, all doing a great job at running the forums. And uh, we appreciate it. And uh, you mentioned premonition in your letter, Anna, and... uh, Rest in peace, premonition. I guess he was thrown off of the forums, but <laughs> oh well. That's the way. That's the way it uh, happens on the talking metal forums. Yeah, scandals all around. But guess what, guys? I got some news. Mark always has the news, but guess what? I have a news bit today. You want to know what it is? Yeah, I have no idea what you're going to say. Kiss has announced the first ever fan routed tour. Have you heard about this? I did read about that. Yeah. So there's some kind of wild thing where they are going to have some kind of internet poll on a slew of different websites, and then they're going to play the cities that get the most votes. Now, people are wondering, what if a bunch of people go online and vote for a city, but they're really not going to go and buy a ticket? What do you think about that? Well, that could always happen. You you know, um, hopefully people will be cool enough to vote for a show that they're actually going to go to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a few people were trying to, you know, screw around with KISS a little bit. And, and these are all KISS fans, but uh, there's a new phenomenon with KISS fans where you love KISS enough to go on KISS message boards, yet you want to, like, complain about the band and you want to, you know, try to mess their tour up. And, and you know, guys, man, just love KISS. Be glad KISS is out there. Don't try to screw around with the votes. Just be happy that KISS wants to play concerts for you because... Paul, Gene, Eric, Tommy, Paul, Gene, Ace, Peter, man, it's all KISS, and they all rock. Cool. Let's get into an interview right now with Dan Lorenzo. The Bootlegged in Boston DVD by Hades is finally available in the States. Uh, Dan's going to tell you all about it. We were hanging outside of Dingbats, our favorite club in Clifton, New Jersey, and uh, hooked up together. We did this interview in my car. That's the new hotspot for Talking Metal interviews, by the way, Mark's Car. I love it, man. i got to do an interview in your car. Is that the Jeep or the car? Both. Both, yeah. Both. We have two cars. Anyways, here is Dan Lorenzo and Mark Striegel checking in from Clifton, New Jersey. Hey, this is Mark Striegel of Talking Metal with Dan Lorenzo. We are in front of Dingbats, where about five, six weeks ago we uh, played a gig. Screaming Metal was the band. And uh, we were just uh, actually given DVD copies of the of the show, and uh, I think it was a great night. It was really amazing because, uh, you know, when you're playing, you don't know really how well you're doing. I mean, I felt like we had a good show, but watching the DVD, I think we had a great show. I think we should release that bad boy, and, you know, I don't think we can charge people for it because we're doing other people's songs. But I would like the world to see it, so maybe some people can get a taste of it by going to YouTube. But the whole show, there was a bunch of more interesting things that I kind of forgot about. You know, it was real fun, though, right? It was a great night. Uh, I mean, when I was watching the uh, the DVD, some of the highlights for me were uh, the ACDC stuff. I thought just was really rocking. Yeah, I love that. I love Snowblind. I love really my favorite was, um, oh, man, what's the Kiss song, the, the third song in our set? Strange, uh, Strange Ways. Strange Ways was killer, I thought. The only weird thing is all you could hear was my guitar on the mix we have until uh, Jay Bones, the guy who videotaped it, he, he went behind the monitors and you could hear you guys. 
And and was that just that that was just audio out of the camera that we were hearing, right? Yeah, I believe it was. But then we did a break in the law, and uh, if you notice that on the DVD, which uh, you know nobody can hear yet, but we'll show you soon. Uh, it sounds like a mix from a live album. It's so good. I think that must be from the uh, actual mixing board. I would imagine. Cool. And who are we seeing here tonight? Tonight we're going to see Autumn Hour, Alan's new band, and uh, it's Dave Lasinski, formerly of Hades, on drums, and Alan Tecchio on vocals. Cool. Now Dave played with Hades when. Uh, he did uh, the Metal Blade years, the first two Metal Blade albums. He did Save Yourself and The Downside before we got Ron Lipnicki to do Damnation. And was Dave uh, an influence on, on changing the style of Hades, the sound? Well, he did do some background vocals, which was the first time Hades ever incorporated death metal vocals. And uh, we did a video with J-Bones for the songs Y2K and Ground Zero NYC. And Ground Zero was actually written before 9-11. Wow. And those two songs featured Dave Lasinski. So uh, if you buy the Hades DVD, which is why we're sitting in your car right now, yeah. the Hades DVD bootlegged in Boston 1988 is on MVD in America. We finally got an American deal. I should say we had an American deal, but it was delayed. So you can go to seaofsound.com or you can buy it in stores. There's people, uh, you know, MVD, they're a real big distributor in America. Cool. Yeah, we had both Dan and Alan on the podcast uh, hyping this DVD. And it, uh, we wanted to get Dan back on because the DVD is finally available in America. This is a must-have for you Talking Metal listeners out there. Not only is there this great concert that took place in Boston in 88. Correct. Uh, there is a great documentary that was done by Jay Bones. Now, how much? Uh, let's talk about the production behind the documentary. How much influence did you have on this, or was it kind of just like Jay Bones coming in and doing interviews and putting it all together? Or did you tell him exactly what you want in it? No, I had to let Jay Bones run with it and do whatever he wanted because there was no monetary value attached to it. You know, we just—it was something that was attached to the first uh, three thousand CDs and. Actually, a double CD DVD in Germany on the Hades Damnation uh, CD was, you know, this thing Mark's talking about, which is called uh, Behind the Metal. But it never came out in America, and the Boston show, of course, never came out in America. But as far as the production, it was all Jay Bones' joint. Cool. And it's a great documentary. Bootlegged in Boston, Hades. Definitely pick it up. We'll have links in today's show notes. The actual bootleg footage that you're seeing on this DVD, who shot that? I think it might have been Motley Stew who worked for Torrid Records. We don't remember, and we're not trying to trick anybody. It's certainly bootleg quality. If you don't already know Hades, it might not be your best starting point. But the real, for me, the, the great thing about the uh, DVD is the uh, Behind the Metal, like you said, the documentary about Hades. That's really cool. And most of that was filmed in 2000. The interviews were filmed in 2000 when Jimmy Shulman just rejoined the band. But um, there's a lot of really old footage on there from Hades back in the 80s playing live shows. Cool. And is this kind of like this bootleg footage was already out there being distributed, you know, on, on VHSs and uh, on the Internet, and you guys kind of just grabbed it and released it like Frank Zappa did with some of his live records? The only Frank Zappa influence Hades has is our, our bass player, Jimmy Shulman, loves Frank Zappa. Now, this has never been seen before. The, uh, the Boston footage was something that was stored away in my attic. After Jay Bones finished filming Behind the Metal, I found this. And I said, you know, damn, we oh, should have okay. put that on. That's the best Hades show ever. And uh, we never, nobody ever saw it, so we turned that into the DVD. Cool. And there's also some Dan Lorenzo solo material on there. There's a video. Yeah, much to Alan's chagrin. Uh, there's one of my songs, Frozen Planet, which fe- features Ron Lipnicki from Overkill on drums, Jimmy Shulman on bass, and it's a video for a song from my first solo CD called Cassius King. So there's been numerous Hades reunions through the years. There's going to be another one coming up. Can you talk about that yet? Yeah, we're playing the Keep It True Festival in April of 2010. We got to work it around Overkill's schedule. I just was conversing via email today with Dee Dee Verney, and he, I told him I need Ron Lipnicki for one week. And by the way, congratulations to Ron Lipnicki. He just got engaged to his longtime girlfriend, Samantha, who's a great girl. And uh, before we fly over to Germany next year in April, we're going to do one show in New Jersey for sure. So we'll figure out when that is in the, over the next few months. Excellent. Yes, congratulations to Ron for sure. Um, let's talk about nonfiction. Would there ever be any chance of a nonfiction reunion? Um, you know what? Me and Mike Christie talk about that quite often. Mike Christie right now is doing a solo project called Nolan's Volans. You can look for it on MySpace. Very different than nonfiction, but very cool. Uh, Mike's been playing guitar, singing, doing everything. He's really talented. Mike Christie and I speak every single day of the week practically. We love each other. We hate each other. But uh, 
you know, we really feel like we belong with each other musically in some aspects. Um, I think my my style of normal guitar riffs, Mike's the best drummer in the world for them. In fact, I think of Mike as one of the best, most emotional musicians in the world. Um, mostly because he cries every time I call him. No, but seriously, he just knows what to do when I when I play a riff. It's amazing. Um, so nonfiction was a big part. Me and Mike and Alan and Kevin, you know, they're still friendly, and I'm we're all still friendly pretty much. But um, it's something that we would entertain the idea of. Cool. And I just saw Kevin walk into Dingbat, so he is here to support Alan Tecchio and Dave Lasinski in Autumn Hour tonight here at Dingbats. Uh, it's uh, going to be a great night. Definitely pick up Hades bootlegged in Boston. It is linked through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. And definitely go to iTunes and download some Hades. There's a, a bunch of stuff up there. And by the way, I was on eMusic, which I subscribe to, where I get various downloads each month. And the only Hades that was on there was Live on Location. Tell me about that record. Um, Live on Location was supposedly recorded in New Jersey at one of our reunion shows at Studio One. But what really happened was we, were, we had every intention of recording the show with Hades uh, live. But the mobile unit couldn't get to the show the night of the show. So what we did is actually, and maybe I shouldn't tell you this, I don't want to you know, break any illusion, but we recorded the rehearsal the night before mm. the show. But Alan, you hear Alan talking to the audience, and people think, oh, yeah, I was at that show. And they, they were at that show. That, you know, it's Alan talking is literally from Studio One. But it's a long-lost secret that um, Hades, that, that the Live on Location CD, was actually recorded a couple nights before the show at Studio One in New Jersey in uh, Weehawk, and we recorded it live. Very interesting stuff. Dan, thanks for joining us on Talking Metal, and we're going to head into the club right now and check out Autumn Hour with Alan Tecchio. Anything else you want yeah, to just... Hey, Mark, thanks for having me. As always, we miss John Astronomy tonight. I hope everything's okay with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything everything is great with John and he is sorry he could not be here tonight with us to uh, rock out with We're, Autumn Hour I know that's your way of saying neither one of us wanted to put up the bail money for Mr. Astronomy but he'll get out in a couple of days I'm sure he'll be alright yeah definitely thanks Dan
That was Rebel Without a Brain, some live Hades for you guys. Buy that on iTunes, on eMusic, wherever you guys get your downloads, you will find that. The great New Jersey metal band Hades. Hades is great. And you know what's really wild is when we did the Screaming Metal gig, we had three Hades members on stage. Dan, of course, Alan, of course, and actually Ron was in Hades for a while, too. Yeah, and Dave, too. Oh, yeah, and Dave, that's right. Both Dave and Ron were drummers, so that was pretty wild when we had four Hades members on stage. At, uh, well, actually, it was... Well, Alan did backing vocals yeah. on that, that Wrathchild uh, Iron Maiden cover. So, yeah, we had four Hades members on stage at once. Two drummers. Yeah, two of the Hades drummers. That was like that would be something like having like Kiss with like Ace and Vinnie Vincent on stage at the same time. Something like that. Wow, that would be insane. Uh, don't get me started on Vinnie Vincent, by the way. All right, let's wrap this up. we got to run to a meeting, actually, across the street. And I think we're uh, just about liquored up enough for the meeting. Absolutely, man. Mojitos all around, man. We're rocking. Okay. This is an old-school uh, metal track by a band called Jaguar. It is called Backstreet Woman. You guys can get this track for free at goodbadmusic.com. Check it out, a little sound sample of Jaguar. Jaguar. 